potential and possibilities, discussions with fascinating people, designing a better tomorrow for all of us. I'm your host, Ira Pastor. Welcome everybody again to another episode of our show, bringing you another really fascinating guest today who has been involved in creating a better tomorrow on many unique fronts. Today we have the honor of being joined by Dr. Ava Cadell, uh, who is an actress, an accomplished author of 11 books, a producer, a therapist, uh, as well as a global speaker on a wide range of issues of human sexuality, founder of Loveology University and the personal brand Sexual Empowerment. Uh, Dr. Cadell earned her doctorate in human behavior from Newport University in California uh, and a doctor of education in human sexuality from the uh, Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality in San Francisco. She's also a certified hypnotherapist, a uh, certified American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors and Therapist Sex Counselor. Uh, she's on the advice advisory board of the American College of Sexologists International, uh, host a popular uh, sex news blog at uh, sexpert.com, as well as serves as a continuing education provider for the California Board of Behavioral Sciences and California Board of Nursing. Uh, through her private practice in Los Angeles, Dr. Cadell counsels some of Hollywood's elite on personal issues uh, that range on everything from anger management, fear of intimacy, communication problems, infidelity, love and sex addiction, to name a few. Uh, she's a highly sought after speaker that has traveled around the world, motivating everything from Fortune 500 companies, religious organizations, medical institutes, women's groups, uh, college students to ultimately uh, embrace the power of love and create magical relationships. Um, her filmography uh, is quite extensive. Uh, you no doubt have seen her in movies like Mel Brooks' History of the World Part One, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Commando, Smokey and the Bandit Part Three, as well as having appeared on, on literally hundreds of TV shows over the years, including The Doctors, L.A. Shrinks, Kendra on Top, uh, as well as a variety of programs from MTV, VH1, and uh, a number of other channels. She recently opened her new uh, Loveology retreat uh, in Maricopa, California, where she's uh, offering a variety of uh, different holistic services, as well as corporate team building, uh, meditation, hiking, yoga, uh, a lot of very exciting topics to get in with her today. Uh, we're honored to have her. Dr. Ava Cadell, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Wow, Ira, what an incredible introduction. I don't feel worthy of it, but I thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for, for being here, because it, it's great having you. Um, you know, it, it's 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 so interesting because you know I'm I'm a um, I grew up a child of the the late 1960s early 1970s I, I watched you in many of these films uh, in the 1980s but it wasn't until um, I think the 1990s when you were in some of those Andy Sedaris films where you started playing a character that was in essence you Dr. Ava. Um, 
KSXY and all that. Um, can you talk a little bit, because I was unaware, I guess there's no internet back then, but can you talk a little bit about sort of when all this started off for you, sort of the, uh, when, when you became Dr. Ava uh, in reality, and talk a little bit about that early journey, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you're right, I was an actress, and I mainly played sexy roles. I was uh, a sex symbol in many of the TV shows and movies that I did. And so I was getting a lot of fan mail from primarily men who assumed because I played a sex symbol that I was a sex expert. And of course that wasn't true, but I started reading all these letters and I kept thinking to myself, wow, I would love to really help these people. And I don't wanna just shoot from the hip and answer them with information that can't be verified. Um, you know, medically, scientifically, through sexology, whatever. And so I decided to go back to university and get my doctorate in human sexuality while I was still acting. And I had my own show on the Playboy channel. And I was doing a lot of the Aaron Spelling TV shows like Love Boat and um, Hotel and... Uh, I was doing Dallas and The Fall Guy, all kinds of roles where I played a sexy woman. <laughs> um, and I didn't mind, it, it was very flattering, but I was also a writer at the same time. I've loved writing all of my life and I was a journalist interviewing people. And I realized that I liked it more when people would compliment me um mentally <laughs> rather than physically so that was very interesting and so i i'm so happy that i was an actress because it helped me become a really good public speaker but i'm more satisfied with my education to help people to love to heal to find love and to make love a priority and we definitely need more of that in today's world. So that's yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. And more forgiveness. We need to learn how to forgive ourselves and others. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you, you mentioned your writing and you know, I said in the, in the bio, um, you know, you've, you've authored, uh, I think, 11 books now. And, you know, one of um, one of your very popular ones is the uh, the Neurolovology book, the, the Power to Mindful Love and Sex. Uh, and in this book, you know, you you really blend together sort of the, the complex uh, neuroscience of, of love, of sexuality, of things like attraction. Um, you know, you go into sort of really a deep dive in, in sort of the the uh, neurotransmitters and the various hormones and everything that's involved in the process. Uh, and then you also offer a variety of what you call neurosizes for, for people to practice. And I, I found this very refreshing in the context. I, I come out of the pharmaceutical industry and, you know, uh, everything sort of, as you know, the last couple of decades has all been about blood flow, but uh, no, there's there's a lot more biology going on there. Um, talk a little bit about how you came up with this concept of neurolobology and really this focus on uh, the brain, the central nervous system, and all these other processes that are going on behind the scenes besides blood flow. <laughs> so the way I came up with it, was that I had a friend who was a neuroscientist and I went to his neuroscience center in San Diego. He was actually dating a girlfriend of mine who I was mentoring. 
And when we went to his center, they were doing an experiment on hospitals. And it was a 3D research lab where we walked into with our 3D glasses. And what it showed was how distracted doctors and nurses are in a hospital environment. They were distracted by the noise of visitors, by the noise of the loudspeaker telling them to give medications to specific patients. And sometimes they got things wrong. And I thought, oh my goodness, I can relate this to relationships. We have so much distraction externally and internally in our heads that prevents us from mindfulness and intimacy and love and sex in our relationships. So that's how I came up with the idea of writing the book, um, Neurolovology. And then I was very pleased that Dr. John Gray, the author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, he offered to um, endorse it for me. And I think it's such an important book that I'm giving it away for free on my website to everybody and anybody um, at avacadell.com. That you just have to go to my books, my products. And I love to share my knowledge with as many people as humanly possible. And um, one of the reasons I came up with that is because the Dalai Lama, I'm a huge fan of the Dalai Lama. I have been to his home and meditated with him. And he says that if you want to attain immortality, share your knowledge. Share your knowledge with the world. It's not that I'm looking for immortality, but I just love the way he said, share your knowledge, your wisdom, your education, anything that you create that can help humanity, share it give it away. So that's where I'm coming from. And, and I just, um, I love it. I, I love to help people. I love to mentor people and just, yeah, share my knowledge that's helped me and others. Excellent. Excellent. And, and the, um, you're thinking about once again, um, as a, the, the sort of the complex sort of, um, you know, lessons that you give in there and specifically they're focusing on the, on the central nervous system and everything that's going on. Um, you know, I, I, um, I know also, I, I didn't say the bio, but you've also, you know, over the years, you've uh, consulted for some of the pharmaceutical companies. I, I found a, sort of an old uh, article from the, I think the Sacramento Bee when I think Viagra first came out and, you know, they were interviewing you about that. Just interested because, you know, um, We've had some folks on the show uh, that I guess in the past had tried to be involved in the development of the little pink pill for women. I don't kind of follow the space as well anymore. I don't know if that's ever really materialized, but as you know, uh, better than most of us, you know, it's not just about blood flow in the case of women and lots of other things are going on there. Anything active on that particular front as far as your consultancy is concerned um, in terms of whether it's women's desire or other medical aspects of love. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Iris. So I have worked with pharmaceutical companies for a variety of reasons. I remember way back, I did a New York um, sort of seminar for all the journalists from major magazines and newspapers. And it was organized by um, Bayer mm -hmm. for Cipro 
XR. And I always remember that because the way I remembered it is X-rated. <laughs> Cipro X-rated. And the, the seminar was, what do you do if you're on your honeymoon and you have an infection? And you can't have sexual intercourse. Mm -hmm. What do you do, Dr. Ava? So, of course, I came up with all these wonderful creative things that people can do, which are extremely erotic. Um, so that was one way of working with them. Another way I work with pharmaceuticals is um, I was actually working for Amgen um, for their psoriasis mm. uh, injection that they had. And I was traveling all around North America talking about intimacy when you have psoriasis mm. and it's very difficult because it's such a visual skin disease and it's an autoimmune disease and i would say use your sense of humor if you're in a restaurant and you're ordering and the and the waiter is backing away from you just say hey it's not contagious. It's called psoriasis. <laughs> I can hug you, you know, if you want me to. I mean, so humor is important in both of those situations. And then you were talking about the blood flow. So I've talked a lot on television about female sexuality. And I was actually attacked by extremely conservative um, people, um, like at MSNBC, for saying that women... Um, research on women's orgasm is as important as research for male Viagra, you know, and, um, and they seem to think that when men were more important than women, and I was trying to tell them, no, we are both equally as important, but a little pink pill doesn't work for women because for women, sex begins between the ears before it goes between the legs. So, we need to get into a juicy frame of mind first. What does that mean? Well, it means finding out what relaxes you, what takes your mind off work, kids, problems, issues, mess, this, that, and the other. We're back to distractions. So those are some of the ways that I've been able to help educate people about um, dating and, you know, relationships and intimacy and sex. I think it's so important because I believe that sex is our second basic instinct after survival and it does improve the quality of our lives. And in the end, we're really going to be thinking about the loving memories that we've created rather than uh, the money in our bank account. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and talking about quality of life, because, um, you know, you, um, you, you have the, the sexpert.com um, site and, and you sort of post uh, in the social media sort of um, daily sort of pieces of information on a variety of topics. And one of them recently um, was on actually senior dating um, and, and it specifically was focusing on sort of specific websites. But it, it gets into this topic that's very popular on our show, uh, namely healthy aging and healthy longevity. Um, and this has become a very hot topic for us. I'm just very interested in um, uh 
because obviously you have a, a wide ranging clientele. Any interesting things on sort of the aging front? I know there's a, it's, a, it's an area uh, when you put together sort of aging and sex, maybe a lot of myths, a lot of misinformation. Um, last year, I had the honor of having Suzanne Summers on on a, on a show, and she talked about how her and her husband Alan they still have sex twice a day. Great. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of what you work on in terms of healthy aging and and what you see in in that particular space? Yes, absolutely. So one of my favorite um, Ava-isms is that uh, sex has no expiration date. And one of the myths that is true is that if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And so it's so important for men and women to maintain sexual health, even if they don't have a partner. You know, self-pleasure is about self-love. And so I promote sex toys, I promote lubricants, I promote everything and anything that can help people be more desirous. That's legal. <laughs> That's legal. But I'm even porn positive. You know, a lot of couples watch porn because it arouses them. Mm -hmm. Some women prefer different kinds of porn to men. I'm being very gender specific and I'm just, it's not always true, but I do believe that some porn has therapeutic value and some is, you know, highly positive erotic. And then there is also negative porn. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was on Dr. Drew Pinsky's show on CNN and he was, um, sort of attacking me verbally about pornography and how addictive it can be and how bad it is. You know, I said to him, I said, first of all, porn is like the mass media. There are bad movies. There's bad horror movies. There's bad, even big production movies. Well, in porn, it's the same thing. I actually created a line of sexual instructional videos to help people on oral sex, I had to hire porn stars to demonstrate oral sex on each other and oral sex positions. And I think I came up with 100 <laughs> oral sex techniques. It, it, this is very helpful for some people and some find it erotic, others mm -hmm. found it a little dry. <laughs> but um, I think it's really important when we age, to maintain uh, a sexy mindset. And if you feel sexy, then you are sexy. Mm -hmm. I also believe that we're better communicators when we're older. So we can communicate our sexual wants, needs, fears, fantasies. Mm -hmm. And so sex and aging should be positive. It should be a, a very positive um, attitude that you have and hopefully you can find somebody that you feel the chemistry with and there's lots of great articles and courses and books and videos to help people add more variety mm -hmm. to their sex life as they're aging for more satisfaction it's um I, I was going to ask you about your your um your your yourself help videos because you're, you're sort of the narrator in those. I was, this is a, a, a side question. Are, are you present? Were you present there when those were being filmed or do they, do they, do they add your instruction in after the fact? Cause that's a great question. Good, I, I was just wondering. 
It's a great question. And the answer is I was there okay. when they filmed. And what I would do is I would read the script and then the performers would do what I was telling them to do. So I would read and they would act. And um, my co-star was actually Dr. Hernando Chavez, okay. co-narrator, <laughs> not actual <laughs> star. Uh, he was fantastic. I just adore him. I've mentored him. He's a personal friend. He's an amazing sex therapist and professor. And I love working with people when I'm being creative. It's so much more fun to work with a partner than just to do everything on your own. So he would actually get in there and say, no, do this, do that. <laughs> I was a little bit more timid about that. So it was fantastic. We worked so well together. And um, yeah, there's some very good actors and actresses in the porn industry. I was really very pleasantly surprised by the professionalism and, you know, the outcome of all of these videos from um, prostate pleasure for couples, essential BDSM for couples. I really wanted to push the boundaries of the instructional videos so that people at home could learn and get aroused at the same time. I can vouch that they're very well done. And, and that's all I'll about that. <laughs> you've, been doing your, you've been doing your homework, which I, I call love work. I, I have much to. Much nicer word. <laughs> but but okay, staying along those lines for a moment, because, uh, again, you know, growing up in the late 60s, early 70s, I grew up in the golden era of porn. Um, it's a very different era now. Um, and there was an was it connected to this this issue of um, uh, aging? Let's say um, there was a, actually a New York Times article a couple of years ago talking about how um, the searches for cougars and milfs and things like that are extremely popular. And there's all these different trends. You know, obviously there's so much. What are other examples of of the good porn that you can point to? I mean, obviously the educational stuff is very important, but any other interesting trends or things that you know you, you, this is bad stuff? You, we shouldn't be watching such and such that. Well, I, I'm not going to talk about the bad stuff. I'm only going to talk about the good stuff. Okay, talk about the good. So, for example, there's um, a director called Andrew Blake. He does the prettiest porn I have ever seen in my whole life. It's beautifully shot. The locations are incredibly um, luxurious, usually. And the people are beautiful, both the men and the women. And he uses soft focus lenses. Um, there's nice storylines. So women respond very well to Andrew Blake movies. And so do men because they're just beautiful. I mean, I'm reminded of one scene in particular with two women where they used a dildo made out of ice. I'm going to leave the rest to your imagination. Um, then there's uh, another very good porn director called Michael Nin. And his porn is very, apparently it's quite expensive. He also uses incredible locations, beautiful people. But he has special effects that will blow your mind. Mm. Literally, statues come to life. And... Uh, it's, again, just a, a very dramatic, beautiful visual. Some of his scripts are a little bit more angry than others. Mm. So there are scenes that could be offensive to some people. There's no doubt. 
And then one of my dear, dear friends is called Jane Hamilton. She used to be known as Veronica Hart. She was a porn star, and then she became a producer, a director, a writer. And she's made some lovely uh, adult videos. One was a period piece and another was a musical. So there's a lot of good adult material out there, if that's what interests you. If it doesn't, don't even go there. And sometimes, you know, there's a couple where mostly the man will want to watch porn and his partner will not because she finds it degrading. And so that's when I can help them by somehow negotiating somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. so that she doesn't feel uh, disrespected and he still gets aroused. So there are those movies that are R-rated. They don't have to be X-rated. Yeah. But there's plenty of material for everybody. Um, talking about materials, um, you also have written a book, um, the, the Idiot's Guide to the Kama Sutra. And so now we're going back a couple thousand years to uh, <laughs> ancient texts on sexuality and eroticism and so forth. Um, just a, a question, and you know, obviously, I, I guess we won't know this, but it, I would love to have your uh, input as an expert. Were we, as when I say we, as the human race, society, whatever you want to call it, were we better at sex, lovemaking, and so forth 2,000 years ago than we are today? I mean, obviously, <laughs> there's a lot more tools and, 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 and technology and stuff, but it seems like, you know... Um, Maybe they weren't, they weren't, uh, let's say, you know, as uh, inhibited a couple thousand years ago when they were writing this, the, the original conversation. But talk a little bit about your thoughts on that, if you would. Ira, you are so correct about that. A lot of people don't even think about how much easier, better, more pleasurable sexuality was in the Dark Ages. I mean, <clears throat> the Kama Sutra is a perfect example. It's from Asia, originally from India. And in fact, when I was lecturing all over India, the first thing I would say is, okay, how many of you have done all the positions from the Kama Sutra? And everybody would start laughing. Um, but you're right, there was less uh, inhibitions. There was more focus on pleasure because there wasn't all the technology which is very distracting today. Yeah. And, you know, orgies go back to the Roman Empire and same sex goes back to um, Egypt and all these different positions in the Kama Sutra. And it's not just positions. Originally, the Kama Sutra was a marriage manual mm -hmm. that included other kinds of touch. Some of it, surprisingly, um, painful, <laughs> like scratches and bites. But these were ways of showing um, affection and eroticism. And so I love that, again, we've always been sexual humans, but now there's a lot of hangups, there's a lot of fear. And of course, as soon as religion was introduced into humanity, it, it did impact relationships quite a bit. I know because I'm a I'm a Catholic girl who was raised by nuns. 
but I really practice more Buddhism than any other religion. And I have my own personal reasons for that. I try not to get into religion because mm -hmm. it's a very personal topic. Sure. And uh, some people even choose faith over a relationship. And I respect that. I respect everybody's opinions and values, and I'm completely non-judgmental. But I just talk from my experience and how I perceive sexuality. And so the people who have the best sex don't have the guilt, don't have the shame, the fear of judgment or even ridicule that has been put on them by peers or by other outside resources. And that feeds perfectly into my my next talking point because you know another one of your um, articles on Sexpert recently was these fourteen life and love lessons we can learn from animals. And here, you know, we're, we're not talking biting and scratching. Uh, it, it comes back to this issue of of judgment, of of just snuggling, and 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 all the other things that we we can learn. Um, talk a little bit about this article, if you would, but also at the same point, I happen to notice that you have a lot of cats and you'll post a lot of pictures of cats. Just, <laughs> tell us about that as well. Well, I, I only have two cats at my Loveology retreat because I bought the property from some monks and the monks left me their cats. They ah. asked me if I would take care of them because it's the only property they've ever known. So I've fallen in love with Ivy and Marley, and I am convinced that they are reincarnated. They were monks before, okay. because they come hiking with me. They love people, they're so affectionate, and yet they are outdoor cats. You should see them when they catch quail and snakes and bunny rabbits and but I love love all animals and the article I wrote was about what we could learn as humans more about unconditional love than anything else I mean a dog will bark and wag its tail when you come home and just love you and show affection why can't we do that you know, I, I tell parents who have children, please show your children that you love each other. Don't just say it, demonstrate the hug and even the kiss. Even if the kids say, oh yeah, that's disgusting. You are their role model for their future relationships. So I think it's really important. Um, and that particular article talked about different kinds of animals that have different attributes and qualities that we can learn from. And of course, cats and dogs are the most common because that's what we have, but even, even monkeys, they're so mischievous, they're so naughty, they're so creative, they're so vocal. You know, again, humans become inhibited. Yep. We don't tell each other what we want. What kind of sex do you want? If you don't tell your partner, they can't read your mind. An example is when you go to a restaurant and you order a meal. Mm -hmm. If it's not right, you generally send it back and say, I'm sorry, I ordered a, a well-done steak and this is rare. I, I can't eat it. <laughs> but why can't we talk about sex in the same polite manner where you 
don't feel inhibited by saying, you know, I'd rather you kiss me gently instead of shoving your tongue halfway down my throat because it makes me um, gag a little bit. I don't know. Just use humor, but be honest, be open, and be very, very frank. Where um, where are we going now in terms of the future? Because clearly um, a lot of the, and, and once again, I think back to the movies of the, say, the 1980s where, you know, virtual reality and all this stuff. I, I think of the movie A Brainstorm with Christopher Walken and, and Natalie Woods. And you know, that was, I think, the first time I ever saw, wow, you could record sex on uh, this device. And, and wow, you could put the device on and experience. Um it's 2020, almost 2023 now. We have uh, virtual reality and this metaverse stuff and all this other high-tech stuff going on. What gets you interested about sort of the next, what I'll call the next era of sexuality? Um, are you interested in technologies, biohacking? What, what, what other types of things uh, do you start thinking about uh, in the domain? So I am very interested in everything that's going on, uh, especially in the news when I read that in Japan, People, young people are not really hooking up. They have mm -hmm. cyber boyfriends and girlfriends, that there are sexual robots out there, that there's all kinds of um, online playfulness for both, for every gender. But what comes to mind is a book that I read a long time ago. It was called 2150 AD. Did you ever read that book? No. So... It's a book that was written in the 1970s. Okay. And it really should be made into a movie. I think that um, it was bought by one of the big, uh, I think Miramax bought it actually, but they never uh, produced it. So it's about a man who lives in the 1970s, but when he goes to sleep, he wakes up in the future in 2150 AD mm -hmm. and everybody is naked and everybody is beautiful and everybody is very tall and they all have sex telepathically. Mm. So for some reason, that book is beautiful in its own way. And I think way, way into the future, as a human race, we may be going in that direction. But in the meantime, I like to teach sexuality as a more spiritual form of sex so the sex for me is synchronized energy exchange yeah. because i think that spirituality and sexuality are so beautiful when they're blended and i'm not talking about religion mm -hmm. i'm talking about a spirituality that comes from within mm -hmm. So tantric sex is an example. I've taught that all over the world. And with tantric sex, you ask permission before you find a woman's G-spot or before you find a man's prostate. So it's a very um, respectful form of sexuality. And it's also about moving energy. Mm -hmm. Another example is oral sex. What's the difference between basic oral sex and tantric oral sex? Can you guess? I, I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing, but go ahead. No, I, but I, you, there's no such thing as the wrong thing, really, when it comes to sex. I could, I could assume that the uh, orgasm lasts for an hour or something. I, I, I don't know. 
I love that. Oh my goodness, that's fantastic. It's no, it's not the answer, but it's still fantastic. No, no, but it could. It could be the second part of the answer. So to make oral sex more, let's call it spiritual, more emotional, more connective, you would have one hand and your mouth on your partner's sexual organs, and then the other hand would be on their heart. Mm. And so you would be moving the heart energy as well as the sexual energy. And I'm sure you know about chakras, the seven chakras that we have, the energy centers. So you would be blending the heart chakra with the sacral chakra, maybe even the root chakra. And so that's a perfect example of a more spiritual tantric form of oral sex. And yes, the orgasm could last an hour. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, I do teach multiple orgasms for both men and women. And it is possible, it is humanly possible to replace your seven second orgasm with a one hour full body orgasm by keeping your partner in a heightened state of arousal. Outstanding. Talk about the new retreat, if you would, because it seems like it's a from the pictures I've seen, a very spiritual place. Um, you uh, said re- recent, you've recently set it up. Uh, I think you might have had sort of sort of your first guest and so forth. But uh, talk a little bit about what's going on there. So I've always wanted to have a retreat um, for Loveology University, which I started in two thousand seven. So I manifested about fourteen years ago, but it finally came to fruition this year in January. And uh, it's a 45-acre retreat, which I I bought from the monks who live there. They practice Zen meditation. And unfortunately, when COVID happened, they had to close their doors because, you know, they, they couldn't have people coming to meditate and help them with the land. They would do working meditations while they were walking and so forth. And so everything ceased for them. And the, the monks live on donations for everything, including food. So it was very difficult. And when I met them, they had just fallen out of escrow with somebody else. It was another therapist, actually. And he was in escrow with them for three months, but it fell out. And I just spontaneously said, I'll buy it. I'll buy it and do the shortest escrow you've ever had. And I think it's the most exciting adventure I've ever been on in my whole life. It's really a dream come true. It has three houses. I bought some beautiful luxury campers. It has a permit as a retreat already. So I'm continuing it. It has the most beautiful Buddhist temple, Mm -hmm. which I've kept for meditation. And then I've just added more, more renovations and more beautifying. And, and I've been fixing, you know, everything that was broken, like the irrigation system. And so it's a labor of love. And I'm really excited to have this as part of my legacy. And I, I apologize. I should have asked, I asked this in the wrong order, but could you also talk a little bit about um, the Loveology programs? Because I... You you went back and got your doctorate 
um, talk a little bit about sort of what what it, what happens in the in the process of people that want that join Love Oz University, uh, the whole uh, issue of becoming a, a consultant or a practitioner. I, I again, I apologize. I should have asked this before about the retreat. But. Oh no, 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 no apology necessary. I so what happened was going back to when I was an actress. I decided that I wanted to become a therapist mm -hmm. and acting just wasn't satisfactory, really satisfactory to me mentally uh, as it was, it was nice to be complimented, but it didn't really do that much for me. So I went back to university. I went to the Institute for the Advanced Study of Human Sexuality in San Francisco. And I really enjoyed the studies, but I found them rather dry and I kept thinking to myself, oh, I wish they had this course and this course and this course. And so I started to think about how I could create an online university and share everything that I learned at the Institute, but also add some other courses for the layman on mm -hmm. communication, on dating, on flirting and then have more intense courses on fetishes and on transgender and on boundaries so that there was something for everybody. And so that was really how I came up with Loveology University and it, it's loveuniv.com. And during COVID, I added more um, courses, one in particular, is seven and a half hours long. It's on healing. Mm. I really, and that's something I also give away for free. It's I want people to be able to heal through loving solutions, heal from loss, heal from addictions, you know, heal from pain, from abuse. Um, just we all need to heal in some way. And of course, this is not a replacement for medical or therapeutic um, healing, but it's holistic healing. So that's very important to distinguish. And when I train love coaches all over the world, I tell them that you must refer people when you're not qualified, when you don't have the skills. So that's extremely important. But yeah, basically I, I now spend my life mentoring others training others and just um, sharing my knowledge and enjoying this beautiful retreat that has a Buddhist temple on it. It's truly superlative. So awesome. thank you for asking me. And I hope you'll come down and visit because we have these lovely places where you can stay and uh, I will do meditation with you. I, I, I need some of that in my life. <laughs> One last question while I have you, and uh, I just I, I neglected in once again in the intro. I, I forgot to mention that in addition to all of this, um, you are also a, a black belt in Shotokan karate, um, which I was also unaware of at the time. Um, just are you still practicing karate? And then just one thing pops in my mind because I do remember. In, in one of the, the Andy Sedaris films, the Pat Morita was the bad guy. Um, 
And I was wondering if you ever had a karate fight with him when you, when you were on the set, but are you still doing any martial arts uh, in the uh, middle of this? I'm not doing it anymore, but I, I was taking karate and my goal was to get my black belt before I was 40 years old. And I got it about a week before I was 40. So um, I'm so happy that I did that. I think it's really important for women, especially to learn how to defend themselves. But no, now I do Tai Chi, I do yoga. I, uh, I've mellowed out, although I am hiking on my mountains sure. whenever I'm there. And it's really a good form of um, exercise and stamina. And Pat Morita, he actually came to my home in Malibu. We were filming there. I'm still very close friends with Andy Sedaris's wife, Arlene Sedaris. And um, no, Pat was not interested in anything else, actually, other than himself. <laughs> when he was there, but that's okay. I figured it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't do martial arts anymore. I'm so happy I did. Yeah, you got so, yeah, enough other things that you're doing. So um. I know I'm so busy. <laughs> but you know, they say they say, ask a busy person to do something and it will be done. Yeah. Although I'm obviously multitasking way too much. Because I thought our interview was tomorrow. So well, I, I'm, um, glad, I'm glad we had the opportunity to do it. Too, and it's 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 too. just uh, wearing my, it's just wearing my sweater, my love sweater, purely by coincidence. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I, 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 I've been a big fan a long time. Uh, it's very impressive all that you're, you're doing. Um, and just I'm rooting you on. And it's uh, if I ever do get away from the East Coast, I'd love to come visit uh, and see the new retreat. Um, for everybody that is going to be listening to this particular episode uh, of our show uh, on the various podcast networks or watching on our YouTube channel. Again, you've been listening uh, to Dr. Ava Cadell, founder of Lavology University, uh, pick up her many books, uh, Neurolavology, Ava's Guide to the Kama Sutra, Check out our films, which are pretty awesome. Um, there's a lot of them. So you have to watch them all. Um, I, I want to thank you for, again, taking the time out of your schedule to come talk to us for a little while about all these topics. Obviously, thank you for every everything you've been doing uh, to move passion, love, romance forward. And as we say on this show, thanks for helping to create a better tomorrow via what you do. It's a very inspiring story. And, and, and thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Ira. You're an amazing host. You really do your homework, your love work. I'm I am an ardent admirer of those skills. Oh, so great. thank you for having me. Thank you. We'll, we'll do it again.